In Japanese folklore, yokai are the spirits, demons, and monsters that haunt our world, taking the form of plants, animals, objects, humans, or natural phenomenon. These yokai usually possess spiritual or supernatural abilities. Gashitokuro is a yokai taking the form of a giant skeleton comprised of the bones of soldiers, the starved, and the dead who are buried in mass graves. More common in times of war and famine, the Gashirokuro exists on the energy created by the pain and sorrow stored in its bones. The name Gashirokuro originates from the sound Gachikachi, which is the sound of bones and teeth chattering. Though in the end, yokai may be a product of the imagination. There once lived an evil that, like the yokai, came in many shapes and forms. A monster that haunted Japan from 1984 to 1985, and was very real. This is the monster with 21 faces. Last time, the criminal gang attempted to extort Marudai foods of 600 million yen one last time before once again moving on, this time to Japanese candy maker Morinaga. During their first failed attempt at paying off the extortionists with 100 million yen, a taped phone call of a child causes more wild speculation of the members of the Monster with 21 Faces gang. The videotaped man suspect is recorded on security cameras, placing one of many cyanide-laced candies issued by the monster. Morinaga, meanwhile, scrambles to save their business operation as their products are ripped off store shelves. Episode 5 Neighborhood Kids Listener discretion is advised. On October 11, 1984, investigators released the results of the professional analysis they'd conducted regarding the April 24th phone call of a woman's voice and the September 18th phone call of a child's voice during separate extortion attempts. Analysis 1 by Japanese language scholar Haruhiko Kaneda stated that based on the pronunciation of certain words in both phone calls, he theorized that both the woman and child were born within a range between Tokyo and Aichi. Analysis 2 by Professor Ryoji Kamada of the Konan Women's University in Kobe stated that the voices had an especially strong Kanto-style accent and that the woman was in her late 20s to early 30s, while the child's voice was actually that of a teenager. Analysis 3 by Kansai foreign language professor Hori Akira stated that without a doubt the accents were completely Tokyo style. Analysis 4 by Japan Acoustic Research Institute director Matsumi Suzuki, formerly of the Police Agency Institute of Science and Police Research, known for his forensic audio work, stated, quote, The telephone call to Glico on April 24th is a girl of junior high school age. The child's telephone call to Morinaga on September 18th is a boy about five or six years old in elementary school. Suzuki also noted that, quote, because it was smooth, I'd guess that the sentences were studied quite a bit and recorded with it almost memorized. Additional expert opinion by Mr. Hito Subashi of The Boy's Voice stated that it seemed that the sentences in the recordings were made up of various attempts, re-recorded and edited. 
It was also theorized that the criminal group may have simply invited a random neighborhood child to read the instructions into the recorder, though investigation headquarters questioned whether the criminals, who had been so careful up to now, would have been so casual as to risk a child leading to their capture. Both of the recordings in question were set up on special telephone lines where police invited the public to call. Once dialed, the phone line would play the recordings as well as urge listeners to contact police with any information on the voices or case. When played over television, radio, and phone lines, the voices everyone in Japan had been waiting to hear held a surprise. They turned out to be those of a woman and child. Accompanied with the male criminals, it gave the appearance that the criminal group was a family with all of its members, from father to mother to child. The citizens of Japan began to question, who could this evil and dangerous family be, living alongside them, secretly, day to day? The letters sent by the monster with 21 faces were written in the Kansai dialect. It is a dialect common in speaking, but is rarely used in writing. The use of this Kansai dialect allowed for the author of the letters to convey a sense of humor, emphasizing their personality. It was believed, however, that the author of the letters was not naturally from the Kansai region. Read in part, an article published on October 12, 1984, reads, Headline, Extortionists, It'll Be Like a Treasure Hunt, Tokyo, UPI. Extortionists who laced candies with lethal doses of cyanide have threatened to poison other foods unless stores stop selling products made by the Morinaga Confectionery Company, police said Wednesday. The latest twist in the case that has baffled police for seven months came in the form of a letter sent to the president of Osaka-based Izumiya supermarket chain, police said. Quote, it is going to be like treasure hunting, the extortionists taunted in the letter. Police so far have recovered 13 packages of Morinaga candies laced with cyanide. The extortionists, who are believed to be responsible for the kidnapping of the president of another candy company last March, have warned that 20 cyanide-spiked packages of candy are lurking on store shelves. All the packages recovered so far have been labeled with warnings that they contain cyanide, but in letters to news organizations, the group has threatened to put 30 unmarked packages of cyanide-laced sweets on the store shelves unless Morinaga agrees to its extortion demands. Read in full, an article published on October 13, 1984, reads, Headline, Poisoning of Candy in Japan Forces Layoffs. The Morinaga Candy Company, hit by sales losses after extortionists poisoned its products with cyanide, laid off 450 workers today and cut production in half. As the police continued searching for poison candy, 100 special phone lines were added to the 22 set up Thursday to allow callers to listen to the taped voices of two people speaking for the extortionists. Spokesmen said that more than 8.6 million people phoned to listen to the tapes in the first 24 hours, but that no one had provided clues. Morinaga announced it was laying off 450 part-time workers and cutting its production in half. Nearly 900 stores have stopped selling Morinaga candy since 12 cyanide-laced packages were found this week. That same day, on Saturday, October 13th at 5 o'clock, Morinaga's Monaka Choco Jam-filled wafers were found at the Kansai West Seiyu Utada store. It had 0.17 grams of cyanide when tested. Read in part, an article published on October 14, 1984, reads, 
Headline, employees and families search stores for tainted candy. About 3,000 people, employees of a Japanese candy maker, and members of their families will search stores across the country next week for seven boxes of poison candy believed to be on store shelves, a company official said today. Mitsuo Yamachi, a spokesman for Morinaga's Osaka office, said 2,000 employees and 1,000 family members will participate in the search. The National Police Agency today issued an emergency order to local police headquarters to strengthen patrols at supermarkets and department stores. Osaka police said about 6,000 policemen would watch 1,751 retail outlets in that area alone. Meanwhile, police said 468,733 people had dialed a special telephone number over a 41-hour period to listen to tapes made when the group telephoned Glico and Morinaga to demand money. Police said 30 people who listened to the tapes had given useful information. Yamachi said his company has laid off 450 workers and cut production by half as thousands of stores around the country removed Morinaga products from their shelves. He said his company may resort to street sales or door-to-door sales to compensate for losses from the ordeal. Read in full, another article published on October 14, 1984, reads, Headline, Candy Here Not Tainted. Officials of the Morinaga Company and wholesalers on Okinawa said no boxes of cyanide-tainted Morinaga products have shown up in Okinawa. A total of 13 boxes of Morinaga chocolate and other candy laced with powdered sodium cyanide have been found at stores in Osaka and Kyoto, and in Hyogo and Aichi prefectures, all in central mainland Japan. Morinaga officials and officials at Dainaha Department Store, the local branch of the largest department store chain in Japan, said they are checking each shipment received from the mainland. None of the company's products have been taken off the shelves on Okinawa, they said. On October 15th, following consultation with the police, it was requested that the press did not report any new blackmail cases by the monster with 21 faces. The press did not accept, stating, quote, it will deny freedom of the press. That same day, on the 15th, a letter arrives at Mainichi, Sankai, Asahi, and NHK's Osaka station. To Suzuki from the National Police. I feel sorry for you. You lost a lot of hair because of us, didn't you? People complain because your head causes a lot of glare now. Instead of giving you medicine for baldness, I will give you a hint. We bought Morinaga sweets in the Gifu prefecture. You can find that out. We stole the typewriter, so it's pointless to search for it. You can find the copy machine, right? Even if you find it, you won't understand anything about us. We let neighborhood kids deliver the candies. If you give children some money, they'll do anything. We left them in Seiyu and Koyodai, Kawanichi and Katsura. We don't forget grudges. We have an unlimited amount of acid. We gave a present to NHK. Take a good look. Quiz. I wonder how many people we can kill with the acid that we sent to the NHK. We will send a present to 10 people who answer that question and we will select them in a lottery. Present is a Morinaga product with acid. The sender was listed on the envelope as the monster with 21 faces and was postmarked in Osaka South two days prior, between noon and 6 p.m. A 60 yen stamp was affixed. In the letter to NHK are 30 pills, amounting to 34 grams of cyanide. 
Biogo Prefectural Police initially hesitated to publicly release the videotaped man recording from the Family Mart store on the morning of October 7th. However, on October 15th, under the National Police Agency's strong guidance, a description, images, and video are released to the world, prompting citizens for calls with information on the suspect. Reasons for the hesitation were varied. Firstly, the release of the information and video would let criminals know what investigators knew. Next off, though the actions of the videotaped man are certainly suspicious, it would be a human rights issue should the suspected man be found innocent. Such an event would be sure to cause lawsuits. After the video release, discussions about human rights protection occurred as expected between attorneys and law scholars. The videotaped man release was done simultaneously but independently by both Hyogo and Osaka police. Due to the lack of communication between the two, Osaka released an additional image of the suspect's hand, enlarged, to show a paper bag, assumed to be used to drop the can on the shelf without leaving fingerprints or needing to wear a glove. October 16th, 10.20 a.m. At the Nankai Seiyu Sayama Newtown store in Minamikawachi, Osaka, Morinaga's haichu candy is found with the ominous warning from the monster attached to it and an undetermined amount of cyanide. Ten minutes later, at 10.30 a.m., at yet another Seiyu store, this time in Takaishi, Osaka, Morinaga Monaka Choco Jam-filled wafers are found as well, with an undetermined amount of cyanide. Discreetly, Mr. Hori of Morinaga made a visit to the Ministry of Agriculture, Forestry, and Fisheries on October 17th, submitting eight requests of purchase directly from the government, offering low-interest financing and tax exemption in an effort to recover lost sales. Fueling suspicion of the strong relationship between Morinaga and the government of Japan, the order of Morinaga products by the MAFF was explained as an act of concern over the finance and employment of Japanese workers. The purchase netted Morinaga 700 million yen, selling the MAFF 700,000 bags of a new product they were launching to combat the financial hit they were taking. Morinaga's banks, Mitsubishi and Daiichi Bank, also placed an order in full support of the company. The Morinaga Labor Union put full effort into the 1,000 yen pack, consulting with the Food Workers Union to improve the company's image and boost sales. The affordable 1,000 yen pack was a big hit with Japanese consumers, starved of access to their favorite sweets. The convenient packs were sold directly to customers by cheerful Morinaga employees on the streets and at kiosks. Read in part, an article published on October 18, 1984, reads, A young housewife buys Morinaga candy at a direct sale counter in front of Morinaga headquarters in Tokyo yesterday. No new poison candies were reported today. Police said they were getting information on a suspicious man shown in videotapes taken in a supermarket where poison candy was found October 7th, but that he had not been identified. A Japanese antenna maker near Tokyo reported to police today that 10 ounces of cyanide, enough to kill 900 people, had been stolen from its office together with bank savings books. A police official, speaking on condition of anonymity, said authorities believed the theft had no connection with the extortionists. The sale of cyanide is regulated in Japan, and supplies usually are kept locked up. Police in the Osaka area have found 14 boxes of Morinaga candies containing lethal doses of cyanide. 
no one is known to have been harmed so far. The scare has dominated the news since October 8th, when the extortionists first wrote major newspapers that they carried out their September threat to Morinaga by putting 20 boxes of painted candies on store shelves, but with clear warnings on them. They added, however, that if their demands were not met, they would plant 30 unmarked boxes in stores in 10 days. Television talk shows have invited mystery writers to discuss the group's operating methods and language experts to analyze the tapes of telephone calls from the extortionists. More than one million people have called a special number to listen to the tapes, while about 350 people have volunteered information. On Monday, Morinaga set up a direct sale counter at its headquarters in Tokyo because, quote, we have to keep in contact with our customers even if the sales are insignificant said Aiji Satsuda, one of about 40 employees at the temporary stall. Tokyo, AP, Japanese parents are declaring neighborhood candy stores off-limits to their children as extortionists brought in their cyanide candy scare to force a manufacturer to pay them $400,000. Quote, mothers around here have taken precautions, but we can't be 100% safe if the extortionists strike with unmarked cyanide candy, said Yukiko Suda, 37, of Nishinomiya City, near Osaka. Quote, we keep the TV switched on all day for news. Quote, we've instructed our children to buy candy only when with their parents and to be very careful, Noboru Yamashita, vice principal at Semigaoka, Osaka's largest elementary school, said in a telephone interview. Read in part, an article published on October 22, 1984, reads, Headline, Policemen Watch for Poison Candy, Tokyo, AP, on October 7th, a Sunday, the group planted at least 14 boxes of poison Morinaga candies and sent letters to news organizations threatening to put another 30 packages on store shelves over 10 days. Morinaga executives said they will not, quote, bow to the crime. The 10 days have since passed without incident. Police reported that no new poison boxes of candy were discovered and there have been no fatalities or injuries. As if on cue, that same day, Sunday, October 22nd, at Family Mart's Saitama Jihoku District Headquarters in Toshima, Tokyo, at 1.45 p.m., Morinaga milk caramels and candy drops are found in a company mailbox. The milk caramels were found to have 0.05 grams of cyanide, while the drops had 0.1 grams. Read in part, an updated article published later that day on October 22nd, after the discoveries, reads, Headline, Deadly Sweets Show Up in Tokyo, Tokyo, UPI. Cyanide lace candy believed planted by the Man with 21 Faces gang turned up in the capital today after police abruptly postponed a house to house search for the extortionists in the city of Osaka. Today's cyanide threat suggests the gang has not abandoned its campaign despite a week's wait since the last threat. Police said today's typewritten messages were signed to the Man with 21 Faces and were essentially the same as those received in the Osaka region. They appeared to be typed on the same typewriter, and police analysis concluded they were from the same group. Police refused to say why today's scheduled house-to-house search of the Osaka area, where most of the poison candy has been found, was put off. Quote, We have decided to put off the search for about one week, and instead, maintain the present state of nationwide alert, said a police spokesman in Osaka. Read in part, an article published on October 24, 1984, reads... Headline, Financial Aid Urged for Blackmailed Firm, Tokyo, DPA. Japanese Prime Minister Yasuhiro Nakasone urged financial support yesterday for the Morinaga Confectionery, while a 40,000-member police force, Japan's biggest dragnet since the Second World War, sought the blackmailers who were poisoning the company's chocolates and sweets. 
On October 25th, the Ministry of Agriculture, Forestry, and Fisheries issued a notice to the Food Distribution Bureau Director in support of continued government aid to Morinaga, requesting cooperation from ministries and agencies at the Secretary General meeting. A similar notice of support by the MAFF was also issued on January 25th the following year. As a result, the Ministry of International Trade and Industry implemented special loans, tax deferments, and employment adjustment subsidies to Morinaga and its subcontractors. Knowledge of this aid was not widely known. Urged on by Morinaga, the MAFF gathered executives from major supermarket companies and made recommendations for methods of distribution, direct face-to-face sales, safety measures, and a return to advertising. Because the product is out of the manufacturer's hand once displayed in the store, the most vulnerable point of attack by the criminals, the strain between manufacturers and distributors grew as safety steps were expected on both ends. From factories moving to tamper-proof packaging, to increased surveillance and security at stores. To Suzuki of National Police. Did you see Weekly Yomiuri? Democratic police mustn't bully law-abiding citizens. If you don't have people's support, you cannot catch us. Private detectives will get destroyed by Kira Matengu. Man in the video is good. He looks like Hyogo Prefecture's Detective Masuda. If Suzuki used Adirons, he would maybe look like him too. Don't misuse it. Our friend left it in Tokyo's Ikibukuro. Another friend left it in Maurai and Nagoya. We can do it anytime. When there's police, we don't leave it so that we don't get found. After they leave, we place it. It's an endurance contest. If we have 30,000 or 40,000 yen, we can continue doing it. Can you guys do other work properly? You should surrender soon and stop the search. In the Lockheed bribery scandals, no one was arrested. If Morinaga apologizes to us and pays us, we'll forgive them. If police stop the search, we will stop placing the acid. It's a good deal, right? Monster with 21 faces. Postmarked in Akashi the day prior, between 8 a.m. and noon, the letter arrived at Mainichi, Sankei, and Asahi newspapers on November 1st, 1984. The letter sent to Mainichi was a carbon copy, and the text was reversed. References in the note are seen in the statement, Private detectives will get destroyed by Kuramatengyu. Kurama Tengyu is the title of a novel, Tengyu meaning goblin in Japanese. In the line, man in the video is good. He looks like Hyogo Prefecture's Detective Masuda. Hyogo Prefecture's chief executive detective is Kinari Masuda. If Suzuki used Adirons, he would maybe look like him too, is the follow-up line mentioning Adirons, a medicine for hair growth. Also on the 1st of November, a threatening letter arrives at the Tokyo home of Morinaga Dairy Vice President Mitsuo Yamada. To the President, you saw our power, didn't you? If you disobey us, we will destroy your company. You will get killed. Decide whether you want to give us money, or do you want to see your company destroyed? Tell us in the Mainichi newspaper on either the 5th or the 6th of November. Use the missing persons. Use these words in the reply. Jiro, Morinaga, mother, police, bad friend, money, meal. As we said before, we want 200 million yen. 
monster with 21 faces. The sender was listed as Morinaga Confectionery on the envelope, which was postmarked in Miyoko, Kyoto, the day prior, between 8 a.m. and noon. A 60 yen stamp was attached. Read in part, an article published on November 4th, 1984, reads, Headline, Police in Japan, Badges Have Lost Their Sparkle. A few years back, an American political scientist who had studied police behavior here wrote that Japan was, quote, heaven for a cop. Basically, it still is. The crime rate is low, the police are highly efficient, and they enjoy a broad respect that contrasts vividly with the, quote, us versus them attitude prevalent in many American cities. Even in a police heaven, though, these have been devilish days, and the events over the weekend underscored the recent troubles of the country's nearly 220,000 officers. A series of unrelated incidents have made them look less than effective and beyond reproach. It is apparent from conversations and recent newspaper and magazine articles that Japanese confidence in law enforcement officials has been shaken. Quote, There is an accumulated sense among citizens of distrust toward the police, the newspaper Asahi said in a recent editorial. Several months ago, in separate cases, two police officers in Hyogo Prefecture in central Japan were arrested on charges of robbing banks to help repay loan sharks. Also in Hyogo, officers were charged with taking bribes to alert gambling parlors of impending raids. In a widely publicized case, a former police sergeant confessed three weeks ago to having killed a policeman in Kyoto and a loan company employee in Osaka. Over the last year, three men held in prison on death row have had their convictions overturned by courts that ruled the police had obtained confessions through force. A lawyer's group in Tokyo has charged that this is not an uncommon practice, citing instances in which officers purportedly beat suspects brutally, tied them to furniture, and bombarded them with round-the-clock questioning until they gave in. Perhaps nothing has damaged the reputation of the police more than their inability to solve an extortion plot that has been one of the more bizarre crime stories here in many years, and nothing short of a national preoccupation. The police have mobilized for this case as they have for no other. They concluded, for example, that the extortionists had been notably active on weekends in mailing their letters and depositing tainted candy in stores. So for a second consecutive weekend, 40,000 officers, nearly one out of five in Japan, were assigned to stakeouts in supermarkets and stores across the country, particularly in Tokyo, Osaka, and Kyoto. They checked shelves and kept an eye on customers. As best as could be determined by tonight, all this activity produced nothing, certainly nothing to end private conversations about what was wrong with the police. For seven months, they had to endure the added indignity of being sneered at in the extortionist's letter as, quote, poor stupid cops. Quote, we do not recall a case in which criminals have made such fools of the police, the newspaper Yomiuri said in an editorial. The National Police Agency, which sets nationwide standards, even though nearly all officers are organized into prefectural forces, does not see it that way. Quote, I don't believe this has damaged public trust in the police, and our morale has not been affected, said Hiroshi Shinohara, a deputy director of the Criminal Investigation Bureau. However, the authorities have tried to show they are on top of things. The government began a campaign urging Japanese to buy products of the Morinaga company, whose sales have dropped by 60%, and the police have kept up a steady flow of announcements and news leaks. Quote, Liko Morinaga is a new type of crime for Japan, said Takoro Suzuki, an expert on police matters who has written extensively on the subject. 
quote, the police are using old-style investigation techniques, so they're always behind. What also makes this case unusual for Japan, Mr. Suzuki said, is that the criminals have captured the public imagination with their brazenness. Quote, some citizens are enjoying this as a non-fiction drama, he said. Quote, I don't think the investigative powers of the Japanese police are declining, but they should consider that social changes may be increasing more rapidly than they can deal with. With more traditional crimes, it is hard to imagine any police force that has greater competence than Japan's for all its recent woes. Would-be officers must pass a rigid examination, and only one in seven applicants is accepted. Nearly all the top officials are graduates of Japan's most prestigious college, Tokyo University. Quote, the ordinary citizen expects exemplary behavior from policemen and has been given few reasons for believing this unrealistic, said David H. Bailey, a political science professor at the University of Denver who called this country, quote, heaven for a cop in his study, Forces of Order. Japan's very low crime rate is well known, and one frequently cited reason is the network of koban, or police boxes, similar to kiosks, that are situated every few blocks in the big cities, staffed by officers who know their neighborhoods intimately. It helps explain why the police, according to their figures, solved 97.1% of the 1,764 murders reported nationwide last year, and 55.3% of all thefts. The comparable rates in the United States, as compiled by the National Police Agency, were 73.5% for murder and 17.3% for theft. Despite their obvious efficacy, Mr. Suzuki believes the Japanese police will have to work harder to maintain their reputation. Cases such as Glico Morinaga, he said, can only hasten the undermining of faith in police reliability. Reflecting that was one of the cheekier letters from the mystery man with 21 faces, it suggested that certain senior officers resign if they fail to find him. Whatever else they may think of the mystery man, some Japanese saw merit in that idea. 6th of November. Morinaga responds by placing the missing persons advertisement in the Mainichi newspaper's morning edition. Dear Firo, bad friend disappeared. Come back. Warm meal is waiting. Mother Chiyoko. Broken down, the secret message is thought to be referring to gold as warm meal. Mother is Morinaga. Bad friend is the police. And Jido is the monster group itself. Interpreted this way, the message reads, Dear monster, the police disappeared. Come back, the gold is waiting. Morinaga. 7 a.m. on the 7th of November, at the Osaka residence of Hiroshi Wada, general manager of House Foods Industry, an envelope arrives in the mailbox. House Foods is a major Japanese company known for its snacks, noodles, and most of all, curry. In the envelope addressed from Yoshiaki Yamaguchi, the company's director, Hiroshi Wada finds two letters. One is for him, and the other is for his boss, House Foods president, Ikuo Yurikami. Also sent with the letters is solid acid and a packet of House Foods Vermont curry, which had been injected with acid. There was also a tape with Katsuhisa Izaki's voice on it. To Wada, give this letter to the president. If you give it to the police, we will burn your house down. Do not use the phone. Police have tapped it. Do not use mail either. Show it to Yurikami or Osuka directly. Monster with 21 faces. Hiroshi Wado was instructed to show the envelope's contents to House Foods presidents, 
Ikuo Yurikami, and Vice President Kunihiko Atsuka, which he did immediately. To Yurikami, we sent you a tape before so you know that it's the real us. If you show this letter to the police, we will do the same as Glico and Morinaga. In six months, Morinaga will be destroyed. Glico didn't pay 60 million yen, so it is 600 million yen. Morinaga disobeyed us, so we raised it to 200 million yen. If they disobey us again, we'll make it 400 million yen. You only have to pay 100 million yen. Cheap, right? If we do a secret transaction, we won't tell the police. Our mouths are more shut than those of the police. You are a seller in Osaka. You understand what you need to do, right? Tell Kishimoto and get the money. If you collect the money in Tokyo and Osaka, police will know. Police control the banks. Phones are tapped too. Also, they visit you all the time. If police find out, we will do the same as with Morinaga. Even if we don't put the poison in, supermarkets will listen to what we say. We can easily destroy your company. We have pistols, rifles, dynamite, hydrocyanic acid, and hydrochloric acid. Police only have pistols. We are stronger. The man on the video, voice on the tape is not us. We won't get caught. Prepare the money in bundles of 5 million yen. Use the old 10,000 yen bills. Put it in two white vinyl bags in each 50 million yen. Get in a white van and wait. Wait at the National Route 1 restaurant, Sato, Fushimi Branch, in Shimotoba, Fushimi-ku, Kyoto City. Telephone number 075-622-5977 on the 14th of November, Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. One person in the van, the other in the restaurant. Prepare two people from General Affairs. Give them Kansai roadmaps. Kyoto, Nagaokakyo, Takatsuki, Ibaraki, Setsu, Toyonaka, Takarizuka, Moraguchi, Hiroka, and Amagasaki maps. We will call the branch office in Isaka, telephone number 06-384-7211. Wada will answer the phone. We will tell you the location of the letter. Letter is in a small envelope and is taped on both sides. Wada will call from Isaka to Sato. Prepare well. If you fail to deliver the money, we will call again. Do not tell the police. We will call the branch in Kita, Osaka on the 9th or 12th of November. If you pay the money, we will play NHK's news voice. Say the words written below. This is House Foods, Kita, Osaka. Branch director is not here, so call again tomorrow afternoon. Do your board of directors meeting as usual so the police don't suspect anything. Disobey us and one of our people among the police will call us and let us know. If you fail, we will destroy your company. Wada will kill the president and vice president. House's curry is spicy. It has one gram of hydrocyanic acid. If you think we're lying, go to the pharmacy and buy silver nitrate and try to dissolve the hydrocyanic acid in water. It will turn white. Monster with 21 faces. Mentioned in this letter as Kishimoto is Kishimoto Isu, House Foods Audit Director. With this additional company, House Foods, now involved alongside Glico, Marudai, Morinaga, and many others, investigators once again pushed for a press agreement one month after the last attempt. In this agreement, investigation headquarters agreed to relay information to press club members, who in turn agreed not to publish the information until the agreement was lifted. 
This attempt was successful at effectively halting coverage of the case on November 8th in an effort to rein in the monster's control over the media and likewise Japanese citizens. The press remained unaware of House Food's involvement in the Glico Morinaga case for now. On November 7th, Morinaga was forced to reduce its current production by 90%. Read in part, an article published November 9th, 1984, reads, Headline, Pay Cuts. Leading Japanese confectioner Morinaga has announced temporary 20% salary cuts for 19 executives to cope with the sharp drop in its sales sparked by a gang who poisoned its products. Plans to postpone and curtail winter bonuses for its 20,000 full-time workers are also being considered. Headline, Morinaga forecasts loss of 800 million yen as sales plunge. Morinaga and Company, a major Japanese confectionery under attack by extortionists who have poisoned some of its sweets, said that its sales were falling sharply. It predicted an 800 million yen loss in fiscal 1984, which ends next March 31st. Spokesman Ishikawa Shigeru made the forecast after the company issued its business report for the six months ended September 30th. Mr. Ishikawa said that Morinaga's sales for April through September rose by 8.7% from a year earlier to 6.1 billion yen, but its net profit fell by 46.1% from the same period last year to 1.372 billion yen because of a rise in prices of raw materials. For fiscal 1984, Mr. Ishikawa said that Morinaga's sales were expected to fall by 6.6% from fiscal 1983 to 11.4 billion yen, leaving a net loss of 800 million yen. In part, another article published on November 9, 1984, reads, Headline, Threats Force Firm to Close Plants Peter Hazelhurst, Tokyo Correspondent Mr. Sadeo Takagi, Morinaga's Senior Managing Director, said, Quote, we will have to take every possible step to survive this crisis. The spokesman said the company will begin to lose 1.5 billion yen a month if police fail to solve this case by the end of this month. Advertisements have been stopped, and the expense accounts of all executives and employees have been frozen. Quote, the company will probably have to ask the employees to make sacrifices this year. It's a difficult decision, but we cannot help it. At 8.07 p.m. on the 9th, House Foods receives a call from the monster to confirm arrangements for the 14th. A House employee answers the phone and repeats the words as instructed. This is House Foods, Kita Osaka. Branch director is not here, so call again tomorrow afternoon. November 12th, 1984. A station wagon is stolen from the electric company Kyowa Denshi in Nagaokakyo, Kyoto. To all the mystery fans across the country, it's getting colder, and we still haven't been caught. Seeing the all-around searches of the police is really pitiful. Last time, police came to the house of our friend. They just asked about the family name and the color of their car, and then left. It was like a ramen delivery service. Weekly Yomiuri editorial department asks us to say something, but our mouths are shut, unlike the police. I will tell you two things. We had a transaction with a company in Takatsuki in July. It has a television commercial. That company is like the monster with 21 faces. They told the police and still didn't pay the money. They owe us 100 million yen. We thought of three ways for the Moriguchi transfer. The first is Western style. We will shoot pistols 10 or 20 times. Everyone will run and we'll take the money. If we do that, police may commit suicide because they failed. The second, macaroni style. We will prepare a naked woman. 
We will make her scream. Police will all look at that woman. Then we take the money. This way, policemen won't be able to look at their children when they return home. The third, Phantom with 21 Faces style. Police put the money in a bucket. After two hours, no one shows up. We remove the bottom of the bucket and then take the money from the dug hole in the ground. We are one level above the police. It was fake bills, so we didn't take them. Who are we? Sometimes police, sometimes bullies, sometimes stock advisors, sometimes reporters, sometimes reckless drivers, sometimes railway workers, sometimes ham radio maniacs, sometimes cat lovers, sometimes postal workers, sometimes factory workers, sometimes abductors. True identity is monster with 21 faces. The letters arrived November 13th at Mainichi, Sankai, Yomiuri, and Asahi newspapers. The envelopes were postmarked in Tokyo's Toshima and Shitaya post offices the day prior between 6 p.m. and midnight. The letter destined for the Asahi Tokyo headquarters was the lone traveler through the Toshima post office, where on the 12th of November, Toshima postal workers found this piece of mail suspicious and sent it to the Tokyo Center post office for consultation. There was no stamp. Unknown to the press still, the, quote, company in Takatsuki, mentioned in the letter, was the monster almost revealing Marodai's involvement. As well in this letter, the monster revealed their plans for retrieving the 100 million yen during the deal with Morinaga outside the beauty salon Ogawa in front of Moriguchi train station nearly two months prior on September 18th. On this day, a two-meter-high iron construction fence temporarily ran over a manhole 50 centimeters in diameter and 70 centimeters in depth. 17 centimeters of the manhole was visible on the construction site side of the iron fence, and 33 centimeters was visible on the bicycle parking lot side. However, the blue plastic container on that day was placed over the manhole, against the fence, obscuring it from view of the police. The monster's plan was to remove the manhole cover from the construction site side, allowing access to the bottom of the container, which would then be broken with a tool, allowing the money to be removed from the bags in the 5 million yen bundles they had requested. However, on this date, police left the 100 million yen in the blue plastic container for only 20 minutes before removing it and calling the operation off. The monster was not given enough time to enact its plan, if it was ever intending to. Though the whole event may have been orchestrated for fun, investigation headquarters concluded that it would have been possible to retrieve the money as stated in the letter. Inspection of the site placed a manhole in the location the plastic container had been. As well, investigation into the blue plastic container that was taken into evidence that day revealed five separate 6.2mm holes that were drilled into the bottom of the container, with a metal fitting found inserted in one of the holes. The monster was, indeed, prepared to retrieve the money. Next time on The Monster with 21 Faces. You understood our power, right? You were fools for relying on the police. Your company will be destroyed in four months. We haven't been caught for nine months now. We hold to our promises. We will abduct the chairman and president and destroy the company. This production was brought to you by The Dark. Sound design, score, and letter readings were done by Austin Michael Riley. Narration, research, and information compilation was done by Michael Wellborn. 
Our executive producer is Nick White. The events in this program are true and took place between 1984 and 1985 in Japan. This presentation of the case provides a timeline of the facts as accurately as possible. The letters by the Monster with 21 Faces criminal group are read in as much entirety as possible with the resources available at the time of making this. The letters, news articles, and information were compiled from various books, websites, videos, and articles. No copyright infringement is intended. A list of sources can be found at themonsterwith21faces.com, as well as a video and photo archive of the case. Apologies for any mispronunciations, errors, or omissions. With the help of listeners like you, this may be corrected. If you have any new or useful information, please send it to us at 21monsterfaces at gmail.com. That's the number 21 monsterfaces at gmail.com. This project is the product of intrigue and research over nearly 15 years. It is provided for your curiosity at no cost. Though, if you appreciate the work, a donation is welcome and can be given at themonsterwith21faces.com. For more art by The Dark, visit us at darkart.com. That's D-A-R-Q-Art.com.